no one could take Lost Talk Radio. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon. Hello, and welcome to Provocative Thoughts, intimately known as PT, striving to awaken those who are asleep. Stimulate those who are awakened, feed those who are starving, and nurture those who seek to know. I am your host, Carlton Steed, a self-proclaimed student of life in the search, discovery, and revelation of life on life's terms. First, I'd like to thank Queen Mother for Real Media for allowing me to host the show. I'd also like to thank the creator for allowing me to be. You can contact the show by dialing 347 989 Please press 1 to speak. Today's topic is casual sex. It is simply a matter of opinion or do the conditions that we choose to behave sexually in define who we are, what we are, and how valuable our sexuality is or isn't. Is casual sex an esteemed behavior? Are there more admirable and ethical conditions to initiate perpetuate and maintain a sexual relationship. Is casual sex a good thing or bad thing? Is it right or wrong? How does it impact on the individual relationship and the community? Casual sex is sex happening by chance, sexual interaction that is not planned, temporal and spontaneous usually taking place outside of a marriage or a long-term serious monogamous relationship. It is also referred to as recreational sex. Sex is contact between individuals involving penetration, especially the insertion of a man's erect penis into a woman's vagina, typically resulting in an orgasm and the ejaculation of sperm and semen. Sex is also a term for mating. When two people mate, two lives are joined physically and sexually to eventually produce at least one offspring. This is commonly known as procreation or reproduction. It is how we start our family unit. If if family is valuable, esteemed, and important, it would be logical to conclude that the person you choose to have sex with should be valuable esteemed, and important. Thus, sex should not be a physical interaction. It should be an interaction between an interaction of your emotions and an expression of how valued, esteemed, and important your mate is. You should not throw away things that are valuable, esteemed, and important. We should not give or entrust things that are valuable, esteemed, and important to people who do not value, have esteem for, or feel is not important. If the individual is morally and ethically diminished, the relationship will be morally and ethically diminished. 
If the relationship is morally, ethically diminished, the family will be morally, ethically diminished. If the family is morally and ethically diminished, the community will be morally and ethically diminished. The community that is morally and ethically diminished is a chaotic community. A chaotic community cannot function at its highest level. Chaos breeds distrust, resentment, jealousy, abandonment, anger, depression, low self-esteem, division, etc. It is difficult, if not impossible, to form close relationships and alliances if you cannot trust each other. Our bodies are miraculous entities. They are invaluable, precious, and rare. How do we learn to devalue our bodies and our sexuality? How did we become so arrogant and proud of our sexually promiscuous behavior? Slavery. Similarities of then and now. Europeans perceived African females as immoral and promiscuous. They were relegated to sexual and childbearing responsibilities. They were perceived as promiscuous whores and taken at the will of their captors. The sale of family members impacted upon the sexual attitude and behavior of the slave. The systemic destruction of the family facilitated promiscuous behavior. Slaves were forced to have sexual relationships for profit. Slaves were raped, forced to have sexual relationships with their captors or whomever. Some males were used as studs. Their function was to breed with female slaves and produce children for profit. Married slaves who did not produce a child were forced to mate with other slaves to produce a child. Slaves were married to a slave of their captor's choice to promote procreation for profit. The African black male had no power and the female became the nucleus of the family. The male head of the family was cut off. This facilitated the absence of emotional and economic connection and obligation to the children and the family. Hence the saying, excuse me, Kenny, nigga ain't shit. A slave's life was reduced. We have two callers. Uh, maybe we have the first caller, please. Hello? Next caller. Hello? Hello, welcome to the Positive Thought. We're having a technical difficulty here. I'm going to continue. Hopefully these callers can get through. I cannot hear um call at this time. We co-signed a reduction in the quality and value of our lives by perpetrating by perpetuating and encouraging behavior that devalues the sexual experience and reduces it to an emotionally disconnected and casual experience. Do you see any similarities between the conditions and behaviors that facilitated, perpetuated, 
and maintain slavery and the contemporary conditions of behaviors regarding the impact of the intimate relationship. What are the similarities and how these conditions impacted on the individual, relationship, family, and social economical community? Some statistics say that 40 to 50% of African-American women have Forty to fifty percent of African American women have there appears to be have been an increase in sexual assault and or repeat reporting of sexual assault. Since abuse is misuse of something, self identifying sexual behavior can be viewed as a form of self sexual abuse and degradation. Some African American women subscribe to sexually exploitative behavior. This can be observed individually socially and in the media it can also be it can be observed individually by the presence of multiple sex partners sexually exploitative dress or fashion and the lack of integrity and moral fiber it can be observed socially by the acceptance of behavior that is sexually exploitative sexually objective and void of integrity and esteem it can be observed in the media through the promotion of images that are sexually exploitative, sexually objective, and void of integrity and esteem. Some African American men subscribe to the subscribe to and perpetuate promoting behaviors and images that are sexually exploitative, sexually objective, and void of integrity and esteem. Somehow, manhood somehow manhood was confused with his ability to sexually exploit and objectify women and himself. But that's another show. The sexually exploitation and victimization of African-American women from the days of slavery to the present time has led to media images and stereotypes of black women as sexual aggressors and sexual savages. We should not live up to these negative stereotypes. Empowered by casual sex. A woman once told me she had no problem with having casual sex as long as it was between two consenting adults and a known sexual partner. She expressed that if the male was using her for a purely sexually purpose, recreational, she could be using him for the same purpose. Her sexual desire or addiction appeared to supersede or represented the absence of adherence to a moral or ethical standards regarding sexual interaction, her body, and self-esteem. She felt good about her decision and debunked the idea that it was sexually self-objectifying and that she had surrendered her pride, her body, in moral and ethical deceit. She placed herself on the same voluminous level as her male counterpart. To quote her, and excuse me, I gave him some good pussy, and he gave me some good dick. She stated that it was my opinion that she was being promiscuous, chorus, and disrespecting herself. Would you teach that to a child? The idea that casual sex is wrong, immoral, unhealthy. Just the idea that casual sex is wrong, immoral, unhealthy, simply an opinion. 
if it's all right for the individual who engages in casual sex, what's the problem? A survey stated that there's no psychological effect on the well-being of a person who has casual sex. For some, it's fine, and for others, it's not. That is a question best you ask yourself. When we seek to conceal our sexual exploits from our significant other, is it indicative of our inner feeling of shame and guilt regarding our sexuality, exploitive and sexually objective behavior? If you want someone to respect you, start with respecting yourself. The adherence to healthy moral and ethical codes reinforce and perpetuate behavior that encourages people to protect and respect the sanctity of their body. The idea that it is all right to engage in casual sex impacts on an individual's self-esteem. It can impact on the esteem of the relationship or the development of a relationship. Without guidelines or very little guidelines for sexual interaction, it would be difficult to value someone's sexuality. It will be difficult to trust that they will not spontaneously engage in a sexual relationship with someone they know or do not know. The promiscuous behavior is then learned by children in and outside of the household, ultimately can produce another adult with the same devalued attitude about their sexuality and body. There is no strength in surrendering your body for sexual exploitation, objectification, domination, and recreation. Sex is one of the most submissive acts you can engage in. Let's truly learn to love and preserve ourselves so that we may truly learn to share and perpetuate love with someone else. Maybe if we respect ourselves, we will respect our relationships. If we respect our relationships, we will respect our family. If we respect our family, we will respect our community. A community that adheres to a moral and ethical code can trust and depend on its members. If the community respects itself, it can heal, nurture, and protect itself. Let's raise the bar of integrity. Let's develop scenarios or guidelines of best practice for when sexual intercourse can occur and should absolutely not occur. Let's look at best practice. Two scenarios. Sexual intercourse to occur between a man and his wife. Number two. Sexual intercourse to occur between Two individuals who love each other are committed to one another. Monogamous in a long-term relationship is someone you can or will marry and have children with. Sex should absolutely not occur simply for one or any combination of the reasons below. For recreational purposes of fun, we are not toys. Our bodies are not we're not Ken and Barbie. Our bodies are pure flesh and blood, 
and we need to and we need to respect our body for money or favor. We're not prostitutes. We should not prostitute our integrity, our bodies for money or favor. Temporal relationships. Well, you don't. We're not cars where you get to drive or rent a car and drive it and return it. We're not a pair of shoes you get to try it on and bring it back to the store. Say you don't like them, they don't fit right or anything. Like we're people we're, with emotions and feelings in the moment or casually. It kind of speaks for itself. We should always be uh, mindful of our behavior. We shouldn't do anything in the moment or just casually just happen. That means that it can happen anywhere, anytime, with anybody or with a, a numerous amount of people. Because you know somebody, still, how many people do you know? It's based on well, you knowing. Is it based on you knowing somebody? Yes. Carlton, this is Green Mother. I want to welcome all your listeners and thank you for um, allowing me to speak. But I have to say that I agree with you. I think that um, we are experiencing uh, a setback in our culture and our children um, just being initiated into the practice of sex so early on and that what you say contribute to the uh, casual uh, sex uh, about low self-esteem, that is one of the effects of initiating children too early before the maturity, maturity of feelings and emotions and thoughts can catch up with the sexual energy that they're exposed to. And there is a certain amount of disrespect to the children that are born from that relationship of of casual sex because we have many children on the planet that um, have been born from casual sex and either mother or father or both are not really sharing the caregiving duty. These children are left with grandparents and other foster care and governmental systems, in which case that it begins to cycle all over again. And I think that we have to look at that as we're looking at casual sex. We have to look at the outcome of the lack of moral and ethics that, you know, contribute to a sound sexual practice. Right. Right. So what's wrong with our children is you have to look at the adults. I'll say, absolutely. Right. Right. The children come into the world as empty vessels, and everything they get, they get from... Their environment, which is controlled by the adult in their environment, their immediate environment and the, uh, their environment ab- abroad. Well, I definitely don't feel that children come in empty, but I feel that the 
the extra or the external environment that feeds into uh, the culture and the lifestyle that, you know, feeds them in. But if they're born with certain skills and a talent to uh, use that uh, skill, you know, after a while, you know, um, the whole introduction into casual sex and the lack of meaning of it in elementary and middle school seems to dictate lives for teenage girls, especially teenage boys. They have a a proclivity towards, um, you know, feminine uh, displays of um, sexuality. And they get caught up in it, and it becomes a part of the industry. And there's so much money to be made in that industry. You're right. The sex industry is, is a very lucrative um, industry, and uh, it's a very it's a marketing tool also. So you sell almost you, they sell cars with sex, they sell cigarettes with sex, they sell alcohol with sex, they. So they do, I mean, it's a powerful, and maybe uh, people don't really understand how powerful uh, sexual energy is. And you got, you got to respect it. If somebody knows how powerful it is because they're able to manipulate uh, people by, through the use of sexual uh, energy through the media and advertisement. And it's always being projected at younger and younger audiences so that the um, sin of slavery, which is the rape and abuse of women and the uh, breeding of women for sex slavery, uh, has continued to this present day. And it's still being done, you know, in those homes that are not secure for children, that children right. should not be in. Right. No. Well, you, so, you know, I have to get... Okay. I was, I was just going to mention that if anyone wanted to speak, that they should dial in to 347-989-0180 and press 1 and they will be um, connected to you. Thank you. Thank you, Queen Mother, for real. Okay. So you were saying... I was saying that... Uh, um, I just heard a guy say that how, how television was a weapon of mass destruction. And um, in terms of, you know, uh, the media uh, promoting um, certain images and certain behaviors, like, um, I remember a long time ago on television, you wouldn't see certain things occurring, you know. Like, uh, at one time, I think the um, characters didn't even sleep in the same bed. Then it, then it, finally they got them in the same bed, then they started showing them with, with items off, and, you know, just it started to progress. Then uh, they they started promoting. They started showing characters who weren't in serious relationships in bed and interacting like 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 that. You understand what I'm saying? And, and 
that thing, like your children watch the television, just you have generations of people just being subjected to these images and uh, role models of, of how to behave uh, sexually just from the media. True. And uh, I'm not trying to blame everything on the media because you can turn your television off, you can monitor your children and, and things like that, but it still is a factor. And the media can reach more people than an individual can. And so that, that makes that a, a weapon of, as, as the gentleman said, of mass destruction because you destroy the individual at the, at, at, the, uh, at his essence. And what happens is that individual builds his foundation on on things on principles that are not immoral or not or not in not in his best interest if or not in the best interest of other people that he come in contact with. Then you have this whole chaotic community that we live in. Everybody's just bouncing around doing what they want to do. And like you said, we have feelings. Even though people interact uh inappropriately, we still have feelings. As someone said to me, sometimes you catch feelings. You know, and you get caught up in the uh that moment of, of of attachment to a person, even um, in the um, case of having casual sex with somebody, you can get caught up in there in that moment, and then that can develop into a a, a relationship. Not the best condition to uh, start a relationship under, you know, because it, it breeds um, distrust and suspicion and you know things like that. It's hard if you kind of question the behavior of the person. You know, then we start questioning how have you ever done this before? You wanna be the only one that maybe that happened with but not always the case. It's not an ideal situation to start a relationship with. We have a caller. Um can we have um the caller please? Welcome to Provocative Thoughts. Hello? Okay, it looks like our callers are having a hard time getting through. Let me try to push a button by mistake. Hello? Mm-hmm. Welcome to Provocative Thought. Hi. I was just uh, listening to you guys speak and just kind of um, just thinking about what you said and how sometimes for us as women, um, and some of us who may, you know, be coming from um, or or. Or how can I say this? Maybe um, there are times where we attach too quickly. Um, sometimes because of other baggage that we carry, maybe feelings of loneliness, feelings of, um, you know, wanting companionship, friendship, or sometimes just wanting simple friendship. And um, not understanding how um, maybe this male or this uh this person that we're allowing ourselves to spend more time with, get to know better, um, really may have an ultimate objective to really just have sex with us. And that may not be where we're coming from. And we, we, ride, we ride this thing throughout to the point where, like you're saying, now we, we have this connect, we have feelings. And then it's not always that we participate from the mindset of um, that this is, quote-unquote, just going to be a casual sex situation. But in the end, that's what it turns out to be for us because that may have been the mindset of the person that we attached ourselves to. Um, 
And I'm just wondering why I'm just wondering why men in general um can't just be straight up and say I don't I don't want a relationship. You know what I'm saying? And um this is about as far as I plan to go with this thing so that, you know, before we get all attached, get our feelings all caught up in in it, um thinking that this is gonna be something that could grow into something more positive for us and then it's like a big letdown. So I was just wondering, you know, from a male perspective, you know, why, 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 why people just can't be honest and truthful? Okay, being the only male on the line right now, um, we don't have any callers. Okay, from a male perspective, number one, if my goal is to have sex with you, and for me to say that's all I want to do, but stop me from having sex with you, then that would be counterproductive, right? Well, no, because there are people out there that will just have sex with you. Maybe I'm just yeah. not the one. <laughs> right. Well, well, I'm, I'm saying you. I'm saying you. Right? Okay. Let's say you. Say you're the one that wants the relationship. Well, if I can get, if I can have sex with you, if I pretend that I want to have the relationship, right? Or I don't let you know that, hey, I just want to do this with you uh, for three months till my girl comes back from college, or from wherever she is in Iraq or wherever she might be, work or whatever, I don't know. So if I'm trying to reach a goal, I'm not going to tell you anything that's going to stop me from reaching my goal. But why wouldn't right. you? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? If you're a man of integrity and, you know, oh, you're... Because, oh, there you go. Oh, maybe because you're I not. Maybe because you're not, right? Fine. Answer your own question. Yeah. Yeah. There is no integrity in that. Right, right, right. Right. It's void of emotion and attachment. It's, it's simply um, almost narcissistic in its approach. I'm trying to get what I want, and I don't really care about your feelings. I don't care if I disgrace you in the community, if I talk about you after it's over, to my friend at the bar, on its steps. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, right, right. 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 So that type of thing, you know, what? This something you need to do as a woman before you engage in sex before you engage in sex with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. I agree with that. I agree with right, that. So you need to you need to get to know the person you're talking to. Because usually that kind of that kind of guy he's not he's not staying around for too long. Even though there are people who've been known to hang around mm-hmm. very long times, do the right thing, say the right things, just to accomplish that goal, mm-hmm. you know. Well, do you think? Do you think? Do you think that that's that's running more rapid because so many women um, today seem to be comfortable with this casual sex idea as well? Well, yes. Yeah, the more, the merrier. I, I, I don't mean it that way, but in terms right. of being a, 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 I'm right. Don't get me wrong. So yeah, mm-hmm. the more the merrier. So the more women that participate in this, the more uh opportunities, the more women and men, I'm not, I don't want to make this a gender thing, uh, the well, more women and men that want to participate in this, the more it's going to occur. What happens with that is that through, these, through the generations, people learn this behavior. And what happens mm-hmm. is it increases because the children learn it. Right. So now you now you got the kids learning it, and you got their kids learning it, right? Everybody, nobody has restraint. Nobody has this high level of self-esteem for their body, for their sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you run it, you run into the person that says, "I don't see the problem." 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I even had read about a survey said, hey, there's no uh, psychological damage. Even that's one survey. But I read another uh, article that said there is uh, some psychological uh, uh, damage. Issue. Yeah, issues with mm-hmm. that. It depends on who you are and, and, and what you've learned. If you haven't really been exposed to uh, um, ethics and uh, moral standards that kind of that you believe in, right, to be right and wrong, you don't have anything to fall back on. It's what if all you know is casual sex. You might be That's um, what you do. Yeah, you might yeah, you might be yeah, you might be less impacted upon that. You understand what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's right. I don't see the problem. Mm-hmm. If right. all your friends do it, everybody you that you around do it, you you all but I'm not all ball oddball out when I come with you. You shouldn't do that. Now you mm-hmm. you look crazy. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. now, right. you know they say huh? Well, I'm just saying, as I listen to you talk, I just think about um, how the breakdown of the family, you know, um, where there's so many single parents and they're, they're, the, the lifestyle of some of these parents don't have, don't take the time or to put in, um, to set the standards for ethical values, you know what I'm saying? Um, which is sad, you know, which is sad to our society. Right. You but know, maybe, uh, maybe this is a platform to raise that consciousness, you know, that, you know, more people can begin to look at their lives and, you know, begin to question, what's, where, where, where do I get my principles from? How do I decide that this, this path that I'm taking um, is, is morally correct or, you know, or, or, or will, uh, will not sort of pierce my consciousness about, you know, the, the decisions that I'm making on how I'm living. You know, some people might say, is that your opinion? Yeah, I'm sure they would. <laughs> right. So how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you address a person who says, that's your opinion? That's what you think? Well, the only thing that I can do is say, okay, and even if you feel that... Well, this 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 way of living that I'm deciding to live is not for me to adjust to because of the other person. It, it's an adjustment that I make in my life because I guess I guess because of the peace that I I, I want to experience in my in my own life. You know what I'm saying? And I can only show you by example, um, or I guess or even illustration how you know this path has led to these positive results. Like we talked about earlier about the relationship thing and how you said if the guy is not is not seeing that he's going to get what he had got into that relationship for, he's not going to stay around. So one sure thing not. I learned from that experience is that endurance pays off. You know what I'm saying? If I stick to my guns and I, you know, stay in this place of virginity or celibacy, that, you know, eventually I, I believe that I'll meet the person that is worth meeting me. <laughs> so I think that's what I would say to that person. Okay, but, you know, I, I'm not trying to, um, I'm just being a devil's advocate here that still that person might say, that's your opinion. I'm all right with casual sex. I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm not psychologically damaged. I feel good. Well, feelings change, right? 
Yeah, I mean, information, I mean, what do you mean feel has changed? Like, she might, they, or he might feel or differently about casual sex, you mean? Or, no, or, or about how he, he or she is conducting their life, um, their sexual life in this casual manner. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, how, how, like I'm saying, you know, um, I guess, you know, like, through our life experience, sometimes things happen that raise our consciousness, you know, and helps us to understand that this is not how I should be living, <laughs> you know. And um, and I guess for different people, you know, it's pretty different ways. You know, maybe for the girl who has had several experiences that has not led to marriage, um, at some point they say, well, i got to rethink this this." This lifestyle, you know, I have to rethink my life and how I'm living it and um, begin to go in a direction that would hopefully, you know, lead to my heart's desire. But I can't keep compromising myself thinking that I'm in the right relationship and, you know, and then it never ends at, at the place where I would desire. Okay, well, maybe you know, for that person, it might, it might feel good, as they say, right now. But in the long run, it may not. You know what I'm saying? As a person ages, they want different things in life. <laughs> you know, maybe for for the age of that person or whatever, or for whatever hurts or whatever they experienced in life, maybe that's that's how they got to that point. That they're not investing their heart anymore. You know, maybe they've been hurt or you know cheated on. Or, I don't know. All kinds of things could have been that person experienced. Well, you know, I think. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. I I think that uh, first. Hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, the first law of life is self-preservation, right? Mm Mhm. So you want to, you you should preserve yourself first. So anything that you're doing, sexually, you want to uh, preserve you. If you if you intended to be married, then you have to preserve yourself until you get in that situation. Right. That's what I said right. earlier. Yeah, right. that's what yes. I said earlier about right. yes. preserving right. their virginity, preserving their state of celibacy, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. That's correct. You know, you, know, you have, to have, you have to have set boundaries. Because we are role models, whether there's someone standing in front of you or in your household or not, whether you have right. children or not, you are a role model for children, other adults, because adults are impressionable also. We, um, I mean, I know we spoke about children, but adults are just as impressionable as children are. Mm-hmm. So we have to be mindful of, of how we conduct ourselves um, at, at home and in the community. Right. That's a, it's a, because people learn that behavior. And it's right. like you can learn something, you can unlearn a behavior. So right. you could be, like you said, you can, you can be a, a, a person who feels good about casual sex, and you can unlearn that. You can, right. learn, you can learn that your body is special. You can, you can learn that you're valuable. You can learn that you're invaluable. You know what I'm saying? Um, like if you had $1,000, would you give it to a guy... Casually, 
<laughs> How many people would do that? Right. Not many, right? Right. But why would you give your body to somebody? You won't give thousand dollars casually to somebody. Why give your body? Man, that that you know, and, and you know that type of thing. You know, that, that's kind of saying that's kind of a statement that says I don't value my body, but I value this thousand dollars. I'm not giving you a thousand dollars. Mercy. So sad, okay. but. Mhm. Oh, what's right, your name? I... What is your Michelle. name, Carla? Michelle. Thank you for calling, Michelle. Okay, well, nice talking to you. I'm about to transition, but um, I just encourage you to keep uh, putting it out there, you know, exposing people to this uh, needed information and giving some people something else to think about. Right. All uh, right. This is, this is, this is, thank you for calling, and um, please feel free to call, contact us whenever you call. Show more, okay? All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. Okay, now, I did some searching for pros and cons for casual sex. This is what I came up with the pros. And it says, number one, there's no such thing as a headache. When you're having casual sex, you don't have to worry about rejection or having a headache if you're getting together. You both know what the plan is, so I don't want to... I don't really uh, understand that because anybody can have it. You can have a real headache. And a person might not want to deal with you even in a casual sex situation. Uh, There's no baggage. You won't have to go two weeks without having sex without your partner because you look at a waiter. Uh, You only have to worry about you. You don't have to feel badly when you have let your partner, left your partner unsatisfied with having sex. I can't imagine even people casually not wanting to be physically uh, satisfied since that is the ultimate goal of casual, casual sex, is to achieve uh, uh, satisfaction casually. Uh, this article says you don't have to worry about uh, satisfying your casual partner. Just move on to the next one, which sounds very narcissistic. You don't owe your partner anything. Oftentimes in heterosexual relationships, the guy has to pay when you go out on a date, you know, get your flowers and all that kind of stuff. You don't owe him anything. There's no pressure about what's next. When you're having casual sex, there's no pressure for the next right move. The only moves that you ever have to make are those that are going to lead to ecstasy. She isn't expecting you to buy her a ring or ask you to move in with her. So there's no growth, development uh, in that relationship. Stagnant. You don't have to worry about special dates, the birthday or special days, anything like that. You don't have to be concerned about what day it is, when you met, when you kissed for the first time, all those little things that uh, women uh, like you to remember. You never have to say you're sorry. When you're in a casual sexual relationship, you never have to worry about saying I'm sorry because you never have to be. There's nothing that you can do in a casual sex relationship spare not showing up that will be deserving of you begging for forgiveness. Again, 
very narcissistic. No performance anxiety. In a casual relationship, you don't have to worry about your performance. In a committed relationship, or those you think you could lead to one, you have to be very careful about how well you're able to please them or they may not return the favor. In a casual relationship, if they don't like what they get, see you later. Well, see you later is just like not returning the favor. It's not returning at all. If you don't return at all, you can't return the favor ever. Do not have to deal with their family. You don't have to meet the people. You don't have to be under the scrutiny of their parents if you're good guy, bad guy, good girl, bad girl, it's right for you, wrong for you, anything like that. You don't have to worry about that. No dealing with her moodiness. You don't have to deal with people's mood swings, their emotions. Again, that speaks to the lack of emotion and uh, the disconnecting of, from emotions when you're having sex, uh, casual sex. This thing says that you'll simply say, I will see you in a week or two and let your partner take it out on someone else in his or her life. This sounds very detached, like a very detached individual, someone who does not care about themselves or you. Is that healthy? This dissociation is perceived as a detachment of the mind from the emotional state. Now, why do people engage in casual sex? What do they get out of it? Well, it's a thing called dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is a, a neurotransmitter. Dopamine is the molecule behind all of our most sinful behaviors and secret cravings, so to speak. Dopamine is love, dopamine is lust, dopamine is adultery, dopamine is motivation, attention, feminism, dopamine is addiction. Dopamine has been called our motivation molecule. It boosts our drive, focus, and concentration. It enables us to plan ahead and resist impulses so that we can achieve our goals. It gives us that I did it list when we accomplish what we set out to do. It makes us competitive and provides the thrill of the chase in all aspects of life. Dopamine is in charge of our pleasure and reward system. It allows us to have feelings of enjoyment, bliss, euphoria. Maybe those who seek only the pleasure of sex seek it because of the increase of dopamine, the rush, euphoria, bliss, etc. they experience from the encounter. Like an addict, they are constantly chasing that feeling regardless of the consequences and moral, ethical, social, and even personal values. If you add alcohol to the equation, they become less inhibited and experience increased sexual arousal or stimulation. Add depression, oppression, failure to thrive, low self-esteem, etc. to the equation, and the desire for casual sex may rival any addiction. The sexual experience becomes an antidepressant. So those are the things that I came up with, um, possibly why a person, individual, may feel good about casual sex. But as the young lady previously stated, once you... Uh, 
learn behaviors or ideas about behaviors, that may change your idea about casual sex. Once you develop a uh, the idea that your body is an esteemed, invaluable uh, entity, that you are, whether you treat it that way or not, miraculous, you are invaluable, whether you treat yourself that way or not. But once you identify with that, you can change your behavior. Because once your feelings about your behavior change, then you can go towards making that change in your life. But those who don't make that uh, change are, are not likely to make that change because they're getting something out of the casual sex and they're avoiding the relationship, the intimate, the, the total relationship. They're just getting paid without doing the work. And uh, it's like stealing. Um, casual sex is sexual anarchy and it's not empowering. It is indicative of the absence, rejection, and disregard for healthy, moral, and ethical standards that actually give value and meaning and power to the sexual experience. Ten minutes. Moral and ethical standards are actually more empowering to men and women because it focuses on the human being, how you are being, and not just being with you sexually. An individual's inability to form healthy, meaningful, nurturing, purposeful, respectful, esteemed, and empowering relationships contribute to the deterioration of the social structure and the ethics of the individual, family, and community. Respect yourself, your mate, your family, and your community. Help build a community without moral, help build a community with moral and ethical integrity. If we are working against ourselves, we cannot work together. A people divided cannot stand together, work together, grow together, succeed together, conquer together. Let's truly learn to love and preserve ourselves so that we may truly learn to share and perpetuate love with someone else. Maybe if we, if we respect ourselves, we will respect our relationships. If we respect our relationships, we'll respect our family. If we respect our family, we will respect our community. A community that adheres to a moral and ethical code can trust and depend on its members. A com if the community respects itself, it can heal nurture, and protect itself. Raise the bar of integrity. Earn it. Don't just give yourself away. Have a purpose because you do have a purpose. It's a purpose for you being here. We're not toys. We're not playthings. We're not things that you come by in the middle of the night. We're not things for you to use. No one likes to be used, or no one should like to be used. What we need to do, put our heads together, talk about it, communicate, and not feel so guilty about what we've done as much as changing what we decide to do with our lives, with our sexuality, with the sexualities of other people. Let's try to put our heads together. 
and come up with some guidelines for how we will behave sexually. What conditions are right to engage in sexual activity? What conditions are not right to engage in sexual activities? Remember, not because you know them, not because they're nice, not because they're famous, not because they're attractive, not because you're lonely, not because you have sexual needs, not because it feels good, not because you had sex with them before, not because you have children by them, not because you're curious, not because they're going away or leaving as a gift. You're, you're not a thing. Your body is not a thing. Not because you were high, not just because. Sexual energy is a very powerful uh, energy. Treat it that way. And maybe we'll have better relationships, better families, stronger family relationships, stronger community relationships. Let's try to reach out to each other and make the changes that we need to make and eliminate or eradicate uh, promiscuality in our lives and in the lives of our children and the generations to come. I thank everybody uh, for calling and listening in tonight. I thank uh, Ms. Queen Mother for real for again allowing me to uh, host this show. And I thank the Creator for allowing me to be and giving me the uh, information necessary to share with the general public regarding casual sex, morality, and ethics of the individual, the family, and the community. I'd also like to thank Mr. Jones uh, for not uh, getting angry for that word that I used earlier in the show. It was just a, a part of... Uh, situation uh, to describe what I, uh, to convey the message. Uh, thank right. you for tolerating that, brother. Well, you know, we want to thank you, Carlton Steve, because you bring a provocative thought with every week, and casual sex is deeply provocative in, time, in terms of thoughts. Uh, what which side are we on on this? You know, makes a difference to how our family will grow, how our children will grow. It's very important to bring back the sacredness of sexuality between people that are an adult and capable of making mature decisions, and really ending the child sexual abuse of introducing our children to sex during their infancy and toddlerhood. I mean, uh, right down to the um, child care facilities, you have abusers, and we really need to work on, you know, not only looking at our own morals and values, but also the people we have around our children. Right. Because we we continue to raise children whose confusion about sexuality is so clear because you have someone who 
you know, may have a lot of children and not have a family system to raise them in. You know, it takes a whole village to raise one child. And we need to look at that in its uh, entirety in terms of our lives, you know, especially young people having the opportunity right now in their lives, you know, it, if they are able to, they need to do some research into sexuality and, you know, really understand theirs individually to be able to, you know, really have a satisfying sexual relationship with a significant loved person. Right. Yes. You know, it's a powerful energy, you know, and whether you see it that way or not does not change how it impacts on people in your environment. Exactly. Exactly. So we have uh, two minutes. I'm sorry to interrupt you while you were saying your goodbyes, but I just want to thank you because your provocative thought is really an exercise in thinking that we traditionally don't do in our community. We react and we have to start thinking and clearly putting together foundations for the future. We can let other people raise our children, being in systems, or we can raise them ourselves. Right. And we we choose the latter. We should raise our own children. I say. Exactly. That's right. And and nowadays they're they're being bombarded with more things than they did say in my time. But the internet, the phones, the phones are basically computers. Exactly. So they have, they can get to a, a lot of things that even that I never heard of now. You know, it's just it's just so much. It you is. Know, so, and, and we're being attacked. All right, we're being attacked through our senses. Our senses are being attacked. Our sense of you know, like I said, feeling. So we have about 40 seconds before we're off air, and we want to thank all the people that joined us this evening. And to uh, continue the discussion, it goes on next Saturday as well, 8 o'clock. Carlton will be back, and he'll have another provocative thought for you. I'd like to thank everybody again. Uh, Queen Mother, for real media, for allowing me to host the show from the heart, and my creator for allowing me to be here, and my mother who helped me get here. And again, uh, Mr. Jones, who's, uh, you know, helped me uh, also, let, let me down this path to host this show. Also. And all the listeners, callers, uh, especially uh, thank you for calling in. And I hope you stay tuned for the next show next Saturday, 8 to 9 o'clock. You will not 
be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and four parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hogmaws confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia.